Um, so today is the beginning of Advent. And for those of you that may not be familiar with what Advent is, it is a time of year that followers of Jesus use to kind of meditate and pray and focus on Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the miraculous virgin birth of Jesus. When Jesus came to earth, the Son of God, to reveal to mankind the kingdom of God. That's what Christmas is all about. And Advent starts today, and then it ends on Christmas Day. So, so kind of what we focus on uh, is the birth of Christ, which December 25th is the day that we have chosen to use to represent uh, his birth. And so we have, that the Vineyard Association has, has made up, we have these booklets called Humble King. Um, there's some at the Next Step area. They're all out in the foyer. Pick one up. Take it home. Um, it's not going to match the sermon series that we're doing, but it, it does go all the way through to, I believe, New Year's Day. And so each week will be a different thing that you can focus on when it comes to Jesus and when it comes to this season. And my prayer is that we together as a church use this time to focus on Jesus so that we can be spiritually grounded and have the peace and the contentment that we need during the busyness of Christmas. Amen? So pick one of these up. Um, when they're gone, they're gone. So make sure you take one home and, and, uh, and read that. Um, so here's the deal. Christmas is all about giving gifts, right? For some of us, it's a little bit more about receiving, but it's about giving. Depends on what your love language is. Depends on whether you're a receiver or a giver. Um, but Jesus is God's gift to the world. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, he, he um, brought to life the kingdom of God to mankind in a way that they weren't used to seeing it, and in a way that they had never experienced it before. And then he gave himself up as a sacrifice to offer eternal life to mankind. Anybody who puts their trust in Jesus, puts their faith in Jesus, believes that Jesus is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead, will have eternal life in heaven. And Jesus himself said, no one gets to the Father except through me. So there is no other way to get to heaven. It doesn't matter how many good deeds you do in life. If you do not have faith in Jesus, that's not where your eternal destination will be. It's just not. And so that's why God sent his son to reveal to mankind what the kingdom of God was all about. And then what Jesus did was he just flipped everything upside down. The religious leaders of the day had a system in place, and Jesus turned it all, all around. And, and, you know, there's two times a year where I like to focus on the things that, that Jesus did and who Jesus is, and it's now and then the Easter season. And, and I take these times to slow down, and I meditate. I, I read, you know, books like this devotion booklet, or read the Gospels, and I look at Jesus, and I look at how he lived his life and how he did things. And I'll tell you what I do is I put myself in that story. Whether I'm a bystander, whether I'm on the religious leader's side, whether I'm a part of his disciples, to just get an, an idea, just myself, of what it was like to be there. And so I would encourage you to do that as well. 
But to start the Advent season out, or to start our Advent sermon series out, since we just did a major holiday here in America called Thanksgiving, I thought we would look at the gift of thankfulness. Because I I, I look at it like this, for all people, for all people, those who follow Jesus and those who do not. Our life is God's gift to us. But what we do with it is our gift to God. Right? In, In other words, God's gift to you is your life. Your gift to God is what you do with that life. And I want to read a a verse from Psalm 50. It says this, giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. This is God speaking to the Israelites and to us. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. So in parts of this psalm, in parts of Psalm 50, God is telling the Israelites, listen, I don't care about all the sacrifices that you're giving to me. God set up a system with them to set them apart from all the other pagan nations around them, all these different gods that were being worshipped, and God said, Israelites, I want you to be my chosen people, but you have to adhere to all these things that I want you to adhere to. And it wasn't so that God could keep them in line, it was so that he could separate them from what was going on everywhere else, and so that he could teach them how he wanted them to live because God knows what's best for us. But what was happening is they began going through these motions of offering sacrifices and bringing offerings to the temple and, you know, there were grain offerings and animal sacrifices and all kinds of things that they would do. But their hearts were not focused on God. They were just going through the motions and in their hearts, what they were doing meant nothing to them. Does that sound... Can anybody relate to that? Like they were just going through the motion. So God is saying, listen, giving thanks is the sacrifice that truly honors me. Because you know what? We'll kind of get into this, but having a thankful attitude, a grateful mindset can be a sacrifice because we often have to give things up that we're doing in order to be thankful for what God has done for us. And so it is a sacrifice. And for some of us, it's harder than others to to do that. All God wants is a thankful attitude. All God wants is a heart that is focused on him. And if that is our sacrifice to him, then he will reveal his salvation to us. He'll reveal who he is to us. He'll reveal the path to eternal life to us. He'll reveal to us his kingdom here on this earth and how we are to walk that out and share that with others. He'll reveal to us his love, his forgiveness, his ways. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says this, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's not very easy, is it? There are some chapters in our lives where being thankful is the last thing that, we can e- that, that even comes to our minds. But here's the deal. This is God's will for us. 
This is one of those verses in the Bible where it says, this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. He's talking to followers of Jesus. Be thankful in everything. This is called having an attitude of gratitude. I'm sure you've heard that before, right? You know, being thankful in all things. And here is why this is so important. You ready? Leading psychologists and scientists, I think they did this in the mid-90s, I, I can't remember, but I did Google it, so it is for real. There's a study in Harvard and some other areas, but leading psychologists and scientists have come to the conclusion that gratitude is the most beneficial and the most important and the most, the, the most improving of life feelings that a human being will go through. Isn't it interesting that God finally decided to listen to the scientists? Right. Science always catches up with God. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. It's a sacrifice. We have to be intentional about that. But mankind has found out that being grateful is the most beneficial of all human feelings that we'll go through. Listen, here's what they come up with. These are a few of the things they came up with. It gives you a more positive outlook. It improves our health. It helps build strong relationships. And it even helps us deal with adversity from a better perspective. Think of the things you struggle with in life, and, and, and having a grateful attitude will help you deal with that. A thankful attitude is the most important thing that we can give back to God. That's all he's asking, is our thankfulness. Think about it. Here, here's another way to think about it, okay? Who would you rather hang out with the most? Somebody who's grumbling and complaining and doesn't like this person and that person and everything that goes wrong, they always find something wrong with this, and you could give them $100 and they could find a reason why they should have gotten $101. You could find, give them $100 and they'd find a reason why that's just not enough. You know, they have a negative outlook on life. They're just, they're, just, they're just not fun to be around. Or would you rather be around somebody who's positive, encouraging, uplifting, cheers you on, is a good friend, is always there for you, doesn't say bad things about other people, even though they probably could, but they're thankful, they're grateful, and they have a positive outlook on life. Who would you rather be around? I think we would all choose the person with the better outlook on life. As representatives of Jesus, those of us here today who say we follow Jesus, we believe in Jesus, what type of attitude will produce good fruit when it comes to sharing the gospel with those around us? If you're a grumbler and a complainer and you never see anything right and you always find fault with things like that and then you tell your coworker about Jesus and how great he is and you should come to church with me someday, I don't know. But, the, but, but let's look at a few ways or a few reasons that we should be thankful. The main reason we should be thankful really is because of who God is. Is. I'm going to read a passage from Psalm 145. Now I'm going to read verse 3, and then I'm going to skip down and read verses 8 through 13. 
Psalm 145, verse 3 starts out with this. Great is the Lord, he is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Verse 8. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord. And your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. That's a psalm written by King David. With God, no problem is too big. He is interested in every little detail of our lives. He wants nothing but the best for us. He is a good and a gracious God, slow to get angry, merciful, compassionate, always keeping his promises. And his kingdom will rule throughout all generations. If that's the God that we're serving, the God that we put our trust in, we ought to learn to be thankful. There's enough right there. Right there, that's enough. Just in that psalm for me to get motivated and to be excited about sharing the goodness of God with people around me. Because if that's who he is to me, then I want other people to experience that too. Especially people that are struggling, right? Your coworkers, your family, your neighbors, your friends that, that are struggling in life. Wouldn't you want them to, to, to have something solid to hold on to like you have? Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. See, nobody will love us the way that God loves us. There is no amount of, of human earthly love this side of heaven that will even come close to matching the love that God has for his creation, that God has for people. <clears throat> the, only reason we only, the only reason that we know what love is is because of God. The only uh, reason we can give and receive love is because we are made in God's image, because God is love. Whenever I read passages like this and I, and I think about the love that God has for us and, and, and I think about, like, you know, the ultimate question, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Why does this happen? Why does that happen? Well, God has set parameters on himself for right now. But then I always think about the end times. There's this seven-year tribulation period where it's not going to be a very fun time here on earth. But halfway through that period, it says the Holy Spirit will leave. Now, if you think things are bad in some areas of town, wait until the Holy Spirit leaves. Right? God's love is what's holding everything together, and it is up to us as his faithful followers to share that love and to share that goodness with people around us. See, here's the thing. God's love is not inconsistent. It is the same from beginning to end. Humans are inconsistent. 
right? We're finicky and we're picky and we wax and we wane when it comes to who we love and who we like and who we want to hang out with and this and that and the other. God loves everybody as if they were the only person he had a relationship with. He is faithful, he is just, he is true to his word, he keeps his promises. He will always be with us and he will always be for us. Now, when Moses, we've all heard of Moses, right? Moses was, a, was a, 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 one of the Old Testament greats. He was a hero of the faith. He led the Israelites out of captivity from Egypt, millions of Israelites. Moses, Moses went through a lot to do what God asked him to do. But he's, he's 120 years old now, and, and the Israelites are getting ready to, to take over the land of Canaan, which is now Israel. And basically, the first generations of Israelites have all died off, and now it's the second generation, the ones who weren't grumbling and complaining in the desert as they wandered around for 40 years, but the ones who said, we can do this. And so Moses, he's getting old, and he's not going to make it into the promised land. But he passes his leadership off to a young man named Joshua. And he says this in Deuteronomy chapter 31. He, he tells this to Joshua. And I, I don't know if this is, can you turn me down a little bit? It's getting, there's the feedback up here. And I don't know if, I don't know if, um, I don't know, lost where I was. <laughs> Anyways, in Deuteronomy chapter, so I don't know if Moses said this like in front of everybody or if it was just him and Joshua, but here's what was recorded. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. This is, this is Moses telling Joshua this. Don't panic before the people. Keep cool. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Now, if anybody knew this to be true, it would be Moses. Moses did not <clears throat> want to carry out the call of God on his life. As a matter of fact, he argued with God about it until God got a little upset with him and said, listen, dude, you're doing this. But, but because you're a little insecure and you're, and you're not sure you can do it, I'll bring your brother along with you and he's going to help you. His brother's name was Aaron. Moses knew, if anybody knew that God was going to be for them, it was Moses. So he tells Joshua, listen, God will never fail you, nor will he abandon you. Now, he says that to us too. And you might say to yourself, well, yeah, Chip, no, Moses was saying that to Joshua. Well, the writer of Hebrews quotes this when he's speaking to the people. And he says this in chapter 13. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Now, in your Bibles, there should be a footnote that takes that back to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. So if the writer of Hebrews felt strong enough about quoting God in what Moses told Joshua, then I feel confident in saying that is what God says to us. God will never fail us, and he will never abandon us. Even when life seems like it is spiraling out of control and we are in the bottom pits of despair, he will never leave us. He will never fail us. Not in our darkest days, not in the deepest of pits. The moment we put our trust in Jesus, God's Holy Spirit lives within us and he will always be with us and for us. And that is something. If you can't find anything to be thankful about, Pull that passage up and hold on to that. God, I don't feel you. 
I don't see you. I don't know where you're at right now. But your word says, you will never leave me. You will never abandon me. And then it says over here in this psalm, you'll always keep your promises. And I need to know that this is true. And if you have an honest conversation with God about that, I promise you, he'll show up. And you'll have a reason to be thankful. There isn't a second that goes by that God isn't with us. Not one second. When was the last time you paused for a minute to thank God for always being there? I mean, like, when was the last time you actually said, just like out of the blue, like you ever have somebody come up to you and say, hey, how you doing? And it kind of threw you for a loop, but it made you feel really good because somebody actually cared. What if we did that to God every now and then? Hey, God, I just want to take a second today to thank you for being there for me. Because how many times have we taken it for granted that God is always there and always available? How many times have you walked into a meeting at work and said, Lord, God, I really need you to be with me right now. Give me the words to use. And you walked in there and you did your thing. And then you never thanked him afterwards. Or you're getting in trouble, you know, for whatever reason, young people. And you say, God, I really need your help right now. And he came through for you. But then that was it. You know, don't we often take for granted the fact that God is always there for us and he will never leave us and he will never abandon us. He will never fail us. See, God loves us so much that he sent his son to dwell among mankind so they could experience firsthand what the kingdom of God was really about. Because what happened was the religious leaders of the day, the Jewish religious leaders, they had lost sight of what the kingdom of God was all about. And they started putting law upon law upon law upon law and things upon things upon things that you needed to do in order to be religious and holy like we are. And nobody could live up to it. Nobody. And I think if we're being honest, they weren't living up to it. And so the people weren't experiencing the kingdom of God like they were supposed to. And which means they weren't experiencing the love of God, the presence of God. And at the time, God seemed distant and not available. You know, between the last page of Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, and the first page of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament, there was 400 years where God was silent. There's a 400-year span in there. And then we pick it up in the book of Matthew when Jesus came to the earth. But in that silence, mankind started creating the God that they thought he was. See, far too often, we also lose sight of what is important. To love God and to love people with all we have, 
all our hearts, all our minds, all our souls. Love God with everything you've got and love people even during the Christmas season while you're out shopping and driving in the traffic. But this is what the Christmas season is all about. This is what our focus during the Advent season should be about. Because the greatest gift is love. Think about it. There's people out there, you know, we're going we're gonna to run into them. Maybe we're going to be one of them that are grumpy and not happy. And this car, cut off this car. And, and you're trying to sneak into my lane. And I'm not going to let you because I've been here for 20 minutes. And you're just going to have to wait. And you're going to have to wait because I need to check out. And you're going to have to wait. And the last one is on the shelf. I'm getting it, not you. What if we just took a minute and gave someone a smile or let them go ahead of us or just said, hey, how you doing? Just give them a nod, something. Because you know what? We don't know how much that can change someone's day. I can tell you what, when somebody says hi to me or smiles to me or something, when I'm in the stores, it, it really kind of changes things. It does. Because, let's face it, we don't often get an out-of-the-blue, encouraging moment with a person. You can make someone's day. People don't know what God's faithful love that endures forever is like until they experience it. And it takes followers of Jesus to share that kind of love with the world. Worldly love is going to wax and wane. It's inconsistent. But the love of the kingdom of God is consistent and it's solid. Jesus said this in John chapter 15. This is my commandment, that you love others in the same way that I have loved you. Again, I think sometimes that's something we take for granted. Jesus loves me more than anything, and, and this I know, and I can, I can you know, don't worry, I'm not going to worry about what happened yesterday. And then we don't love others the same way God loves us. See, this kind of love is unconditional. No exceptions to love others in the same way Jesus loves us. And it is in this kind of an attitude, a lifestyle really, that we learn to be thankful in all things. We learn to be thankful for all that God has done for us. Sharing the love of God Sharing the love God gives us with others teaches us to be humble and thankful. When you love people unconditionally the same way Jesus loves you, the Holy Spirit begins to, to kind of give you some insight on what's going on with people around you. Because when you begin to love Jesus the same way, when you begin to love others the same way Jesus loves you, and you're real about it, like it's, like it's a real intention from your heart, and God will begin pouring more into you so you can pour more out to others. And sometimes he'll show you a little bit of glimpse into somebody else's life. Maybe you pick up on something they said. Maybe you pick up on an experience they're, they're having. Maybe you pick up on something of their past, and you have a little more compassion for them now. And you start overlooking things a little bit more now because you understand. It's, it's supernatural. 
It's not human, it's supernatural. You understand a little bit more about them because it is the love of God being poured into you and out of you and into them. So how do we thank God for all that he's done for us? If this kind of a lifestyle teaches us to be more thankful, how do we thank him then? How do we do that? Well, we'll look at a few. A way to express our thankfulness as followers of Jesus and some of our gratitude and things that he has done for us is singing. Some of us, some of us are better singers than others. But isn't that what we do? We sing songs back to God when we come to church. We call that worship. We're worshiping God. And I don't know about you, but it's very uplifting for me. Things wash off of me, things fill me, stuff happens, the Holy Spirit shows up. And do you know that when we have practice here on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night, we pray for the church because of the battlefield that some of you are on throughout the week, that when you're in battle, worship is what brings you victory. Worship is what uplifts us. Worship is what takes our, our, our minds and our focus off the things that are, that are bothering us and on to God, and it is in that moment that a little bit of heaven can meet our, our reality here on earth and bring victory for us. Maybe it's just for a moment, but maybe it's for good. And so we can sing songs back to God. And, and here at this church and in the vineyard, um, um, in the Vineyard Association, but, but really, we're, we're focused. You know what? We, we have so many songs that we want to sing, we couldn't sing them all. And, and we get requests from you guys and, and the band. We all want to, you know, but, but here's what we do. Kim's the music director, so she says, we're only singing the songs I like. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what we do? <clears throat> I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of a, just, a, 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 just a picture you get, but we put them all out on the table, right? What about this one? What about that one? What about that one? The first thing we do is we look at the lyrics. Do they focus on God? Are they geared towards God? Are they centered on Jesus? Are they centered on his attributes, his character, who he is? And, and not all of them are like that, but, but that is a vineyard distinctive when it comes to worship. We want our songs to be to, be to God and about God. Now again, not all of them are like that, so when you find one, don't come to me and say, that song wasn't focused on God. <laughs> it was still a good song, and Kim picked it. <laughs> Talk to her. <laughs> but, 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 and there's nothing wrong with, with you know, uh, other, but I just find it, and, and again, this is a vineyard distinctive. We sing, focus, we, we, we worship, our songs are to God and about God. We're very intentional about that. Listen, Psalm 147 says this. There's a few different verses. Praise the Lord. How good to sing praises to our God. How delightful and how fitting. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp or a guitar or a keyboard or drums, an instrument. He covers the heavens with clouds, provides rain for the earth, and makes the grass grow in mountain pastures. That's just a snippet of a, song, of a psalm about worshiping God. Are you thankful for all that God has done for you when it comes? Are you thankful for all that God has done for you? Are you really thankful? Because when it comes to singing to God, entering into an atmosphere of praise with him, you ready for this? 
Do you give him as much of yourself as you do your favorite sports team? Huh? Where's my Michigan fans? Excellent. Ah, victory. Where's my Ohio State fans? It's quiet today. You know, I was praying and praying and praying and praying for the Buckeyes yesterday, and then clear as day, like, 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 I have never heard the voice of God like this, ever. He said, Chip, I'm more interested in the World Cup. I said, God, I am still thankful. I am thankful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but listen, do you praise God with the same enthusiasm that you give your team when they score? I mean, it's a legitimate question to ask. I know everybody sees me during worship, and I know some people make fun of me, and that's okay. I don't care. Worship touches me, man. Worshiping Jesus, yeah. Worshiping Jesus takes me to another place with my creator. And I love that. I need it. I need the things that I go through the week, I need this time to give it back to him. Because when I am truly singing back to Jesus from my heart, you know what I think? I think he's just as thankful because that's all he wants, church. He just wants his people to be grateful. Think about all the things that he does for us. And we just go through life without even noticing. And I want to make sure that I take some time to thank him for that. God deserves our very best when it comes to worship. Our best. Because he gives us his best. He doesn't hold back. Now, prayer is another way of thanking God. And do you know what prayer is? It's simply talking to God. I mean, there are times when we need to get on our knees and in a closet, like, you know, in a room by ourselves. And, you know, there's people that have the gift of intercessory prayer. And, man, I, I envy them. I mean, they, they go at it. They can pray. My prayer life is simply conversations with God. And then there are those times when I need to go. And you know what? Then you have your prayer language. And you speak in tongues. And, and you don't know what to pray for. So, man, I just let loose. I, I pray in my prayer language. I let the Holy Spirit just do with it what he needs to do because, you know, I can't interpret it. So I just know it's a heavy language but if I'm being honest 90% of my prayer life is walking throughout my day and talking to God I wake up I talk to him I take our kids to school and usually on my way here to the church I just I talk to God talk to him about yesterday talk to him about today talk to him about what's going on this week I have a conversation with him and you know what sometimes in that moment he speaks back to me and when he does, it's powerful. And then maybe later on in a day or something, something will cross my path. I'll be like, oh, there's my answer. There's God responding to me. I've made it a habit that no matter how bad a day is for me, no matter how, how upside down things got, before I go to sleep, I will thank God for the things that I have because I am thankful. I am thankful for the life, the second chance at life I've been given. I am thankful for Kim and the children, our family that we have. 
You know, life gets stressful, right? We know that in our home, things are solid. You know why they're solid? Because number one, a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. Our marriage is centered around the love of God. And our family focuses on God. And we know that without him, we would be on sinking ground. And I am so thankful for that. I will always find something to be thankful for. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what are you thankful for, church? Have you talked to God about that? Have you told Jesus what you're thankful for? And listen, if you can't think of anything, because sometimes we, we are in a place where we're like, I, you know what, I got nothing, man. I, I am so, everything is so upside down right now. I got nothing. Here's what I would encourage you. I would encourage you to spend some time in prayer. That means talking to God about it and saying, God, I don't feel like I have anything to be thankful for and be honest about it. God, I know you're there or are you? Maybe you don't feel him. Tell him that. God, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know if you're here. I don't think you are. Be honest with him. Because I promise you, if you're listening and looking for a response, don't expect him to respond right away. But he will respond. Because he's looking for that honest communion with you. That's called communion with God. I promise you, church, if you're here today and you, and, you, and you say, I don't even know who you are if you're here, but I've been praying for you because I want you to find something that you can be thankful about. And that something that you can't find right now, God will show you. And then, you know what? For you, my prayer is this. Psalm 118, verse two. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. If you don't think God is there, focus on that psalm right there. Thank him in advance. There's a, a guy here years ago that spoke into my life, and he would always say, I thank you in advance for what you're about to do, God. And I was always like, well, that's interesting. That's like a pre-thank you. <laughs> I see, that's, you know what that is? That's a life of expectancy. That's expecting God to move on your behalf. So make that your prayer. I thank you, God, for answering my prayer. I don't sense you right now. I got to believe you're there, and I'm going to thank you for the victory I'm about to have. And then, last thing we'll look at, another way to showing thanks to God is by serving. There's, there's many more others, right? We don't have time for it today, but serving God with the gifts and the talents that he has given us. You know, it's one thing to tell God how grateful we are, but I think it's a whole nother level when we show him with our service. And I want to read a passage from 1 Peter that talks about that. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. This is Peter talking to us. He's talking to the church right here, but this is the word of God talking to us. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. 
Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Some of you have the gift of teaching. And so you help in our children's ministry. You help with our students. You lead a life group. Some of you have the gifts of helps. So you volunteer with ushers and greeters and cafe and the next step area, getting people plugged in and meeting people. And, you know, I, I just, I, I want to give a shout out to Pastor Mark Poland. He, he was our executive pastor, recently retired, and we just had a meeting last Sunday with, we call them our, church, our Sunday morning church volunteers, our ushers, greeters, and hosts. Mark used to call them the hugs. <laughs> hosts, ushers, greeters, and safety team. And then I was like, man, we're done with hugs, man. It's just church volunteers. Side work. But you know what the main theme in that meeting was? I believe it was Aaron Ludwig that brought it up, but we've all thinking it. We all know it. We want to carry on Pastor Mark Poland's legacy because all of us remember what it was like to get a hug from him when we first walked into this church. You can change a person's life. The smiles that I see in our cafe with Tammy and Devin and Sean and Ashley and, and, and our, our team here, our greeters, Jeremy Anderson, he's always here. Aaron Ludwig is here. There's more of you. I know, forgive me if I forget your names. Leslie, Micro Sean, our ushers, Tommy Pritt. Yep, right there, my man, <laughs> save on. But I'm here on Sunday mornings. I mean, because I have to be, but I'm here. And I see those beautiful smiles of yours, and it makes me smile inside. And you know what? It actually is a piece of Mark Poland's legacy, his anointing flowing through this church on Sunday mornings. It's the gift of helps. Some of you volunteer your time with women's ministry and, and the men's groups. Part of the worship team, the, the audio and the video, the sound room cooking meals for those in need. When we do a funeral at this church, we don't charge anybody for the funeral, but you know what? There's some of you that get an email that says, we have a funeral coming up. Kirsten Thomas sends it out, and everybody makes food for that funeral, and you come, and you have smiles on your face because you know how important it is to serve a family in a time like that. Volunteering your time for the kingdom is the greatest gift that you can give back to God. Now think of Ron and Linda Loggins. They, they, they do a, oversee a prison ministry with, with Bob and Jenny Eversaw. They mail the sermons to prisoners. And we get letters back from them. That's a ministry. That's giving back to God. You're using your gifts that God gave back, that God gave you, and you're giving back with an attitude of gratitude. And, and, and here's the thing, church. I know there's many more of you that I, that, I, that I forgot. I can see your faces, but we could be here forever if I thanked each and one of you. I'm thankful for you. But here's the thing. If you're not doing anything to participate in kingdom work, then what are you doing with your time and the gifts God gave you when it comes to giving back to the kingdom? What are you doing? What are you doing to give back to God with the gifts that he gave you? 
our clinics. We have our clinics once a month. We have all this stuff we do here. And that's the question that I want you to just ask yourself. And so we'll end it with this. My encouragement for you is to start today. Commit to being thankful. Let your life overflow with gratitude. Find ways to give back to the kingdom. Because I promise you, you'll be happier, you'll be healthier, you'll have a much better outlook on life, and you'll be more satisfied. Contentment is what follows all of that. Because life has more meaning when we develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving. And I want to read one more passage before we close. This is out of the book of Revelation. Chapter 7, verse 9. This is uh, the disciple John wrote this, and he had a vision of heaven. He says this, After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. The Lamb is Jesus. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. A thankful attitude, and I will show you my salvation. Remember that? We just read that. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings. These living beings are these massive angels. We can't even, there's a description of them in here, but they're just massive and they, they fly around the throne of God. And they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and worshiped God, worshiped God, and they sang, Amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. And now I cannot wait to experience that passage. Thanksgiving belongs to God. And we are the ones to give it to him. All creation gives him our thanksgiving. And so I'll leave you with this thought. What if... What if God wants us to prepare ourselves with an attitude of gratitude here on earth because it is what we will need when we get to heaven? Amen?